in Chicago, two comedian skeptics named Andy and Art were mysteriously abducted by the illusionary mastermind and conspiracy theorist known only as Mr. Mr. Bunker. Bunker. The following serves as a record of Bunker's attempt to convince non-believers of the truth about conspiracies and paranormal activity. Andy and Art give an uninterrupted presentation and verdict on the plausibility of these offbeat topics, delivering what they call the, the whole enchilada. Will Mr. Bunker convince these two skeptics any of this is real? Will it convince you? Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Art Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hi, Art. Wow. Andy, you come with your own theme music now. Uh, yeah, I am now uh, contractually obligated to do that uh, every t- every time before I speak. <laughs> wow. That... Uh, it sounds to me, Andy, like uh, you you might be paying some royalties. Oh, yeah. Uh, I am definitely a royalties at this point. Andy, you can't see my face, but it's frozen with a, with a, with a like, eh? You know, eh? Eh? Did you see what I said? Eh? Kind of face? Eh? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Eh? Eh? Anyway, Andy, uh... Yeah. uh it's funny that you're paying royalties on your new theme music. Uh, yeah, it's, because it's strange. Today's topic, Andy, is a topic fit for a queen, wouldn't you say? Yes. Uh, or fit for a dead princess. <laughs> That's because, because we're talking... <laughs> wait, wait, what were you going to say? I was Because <laughs> that's the topic at hand. Yeah. A dead princess. Princess Diana... Uh, Formerly the Princess of Wales. That's our topic today. And this topic was sent in by, well, we might call her our little princess. Wouldn't you say, Andy? <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's pretty much what we always say. Yeah. No, it was sent in by our good friend Natalie O'Sullivan, who you might remember from our uh, very popular episode on whether or not the writers of The Simpsons are time travelers. Yeah, right. That was so a great like, episode. That was a New yeah. Year's episode. Uh, Ian Hamilton was on that episode. Our arch, arch nemesis, Ian Hamilton, was on that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had we had our little princess, Natalie O'Sullivan, and our little arch nemesis, Ian Hamilton, on that episode. Uh, it's a very popular one, and it is chock full of Simpsons references. I think more Simpsons references than... Uh, has ever been recorded in um, audio format. I think right, we're check, checking checking with Guinness on that, but it seems likely. <laughs> we're waiting to hear back from Guinness. We have heard back from Ripley's. Believe it or not. Believe it or not. Anyway, yeah, we're talking about and, Princess Diana today. <laughs> and uh, and the, the knockoff, the dollar store Ripley's, uh, Ropley's, believe it or don't. 
<laughs> we have heard back from Ropley's. Uh, Ropley's. Got back to very quick. <laughs> Extremely quickly. Before we even hit send on the email. <laughs> um, We are talking a bunch. Actually, like, well, I, I wouldn't say it's a bunch of different conspiracies, but I think it is a, a bunch of different theories or proposals as to uh, whether or not uh, Princess Diana's death, which was a car accident, uh, was uh, pre-planned, uh, uh, w- was conspired, you know, like, uh, what was, was, uh, what, what am I trying to say here, Andy? Uh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're trying to say that Princess Diana perished tragically in a car crash, but some people feel that it's not an accident, that there's more to the story. And so today we're diving deep. We're giving you the whole enchilada on all of the speculation and accusations and allegations that have been thrown around in the time since that fateful night. That's right. And if you and it's no accident, Andy, that if you look in the show notes, you will find a timestamp. And if you go to that timestamp, you will be taken directly to when the research begins Mm -hmm. because... First, Andy and I, we need to check in with each other. We haven't seen each other right. in a whole damn week because of yeah. quarantine. We haven't seen any humans in a whole week. Not a single human. <laughs> None. Both of our families are missing. I'm, I'm, I isolated myself from my family. You know, they say, I say missing. They say left and went to go stay at their parents because they don't feel comfortable around me, air quotes. But really missing. Oh, I love that song. You say missing. <laughs> I say they left to go live with their parents because they can't stand living with me, air quotes. Careful, Andy. We don't want to pay more royalties than we already have to. Oh, that's true. We're going to get sued by uh, George Gershwin. It's ghost. <sighs> oh, getting sued by George Gershwin's ghost. I mean, that's a classic, right? Yeah. <laughs> classic. We had a dollar for every time we've been sued by George Gershwin's ghost. We'd be able to pay off George Gershwin's ghost. You know, they use that plot in Cheers and Frasier. <laughs> what? They use that plot in Cheers and Frasier. Oh, we stole that bit? No. That's oh. a joke. Oh, I've never that's seen either of those shows. I'm sorry. That's how classic getting sued by George Gershwin's ghost is. It's a classic mm. sitcom trope. I see. I see what you did there. Okay. Uh, as you can see, Andy and I are off our rhythm because we've been we're yeah, coming at you okay. live from quarantine. It's not possible that I made a terrible joke. It's just that we're not in sync here. <laughs> That's what's up. Um, now, Andy, how was your week in quarantine this week? We got to oh, check can... in. The listeners want to know what's up with you. Uh, yeah, I went outdoors uh, today, actually. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Today's man. Easter Sunday, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to uh, to date this one, uh, it's Easter Sunday. Um, I did go outside. Um, I did uh, take a walk. Mm-hmm. Went to a park. Um, yeah, and that's it. Lovely. Now, Andy, true or false, you hid spider eggs around your kind of neighborhood to kind of, you know, Get into the Easter kind of spirit, right? Right. That's the tradition. You hide eggs and people go look for them. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't, I can't speak for, for other people, but 
I don't own chickens. I own a lot of spiders, though. And <laughs> so I hid spider eggs all over the neighborhood. And wow. the children go gaga for them. Oh, they shriek. They shriek. I mean, you can hear it. When they, you know, look inside one of those plastic eggs and it's full of spider eggs. And just so that's what you're supposed to do. Right? You're supposed out. to. You normally you put a, just a chicken's egg inside of a color, a pastel colored plastic egg, right? Yes. Well, okay. that's what well, my family always did. Right. I do. And it I consider eggs. my family pretty normal. And I'll tell you what, spider eggs makes a pretty tasty omelet. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, Andy, we didn't receive any questions that uh, people want to get to know about you. Shockingly. <laughs> <laughs> Stunning. Uh, but what we did receive was another postcard from Mr. Bunker. Another postcard from Mr. B. Ooh. Yeah, we're going to have to pay more royalties. Anyway, you didn't want it, but it was addressed to you, Andy. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, got a, you, got a, you got a bunch of Bunker postcards. Yeah, um, so, you know, Mr. Bunker, I guess, is uh, he's been traveling so much, he's not really uh, keeping up with the news, Yeah, uh, and he's not, I mean, he might not be, uh, I mean, he's been infected already with COVID-19, and he's immune now, so, you know, as we've established, that's that's why he's doing all this traveling for, for cheap, so he's back from China, back from Italy, uh, he's back in the U.S. of A., and uh, he decided he was going to go to to Walt Disney World in uh, Florida, uh, here in the U.S., apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, you know this, Art. I know this because we pay attention. Oh, yeah. Pay such attention. What? Disney parks are closed nationwide. What? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Well, Disney World is closed. My goodness. Uh, Disneyland in Anaheim is closed. You know what? I mean, people have been talking about Rent Strike and all this other stuff, but I cannot believe they motherfucking evicted Mickey Mouse. (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know. From his ancestral home, Andy, they evicted Mickey Mouse out of the uh, castle, the magic castle. (laughs) Yeah, they they set out rat traps. I tell you what, the tunes so come back. The, the tunes of Disney World need to rise up <laughs> and seize oh the means of animation from oh Walt himself. Is this going in some kind of a hentai direction? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. We need so, to see what Daisy Duck has packing. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we can see that she doesn't wear pants. Yeah, that's true. It's very hot. <laughs> Yeah, we could we could definitely see that she, as far as as far as we can tell, none of the ducks in the uh the Disney universe have genitalia. And don't underestimate how flexible Goofy is. I I don't. I never <laughs> <You> wouldn't. <laughs> but you received a bunch of uh a bunch of mail from Bunker. Yeah, a bunch of bunch of postcards. Um, you know, he got there and obviously Disney World was closed, so I guess what he decided to do uh, instead was visit every uh, Chipotle in the greater <laughs> Orlando area. And so he sent me a bunch of postcards. They're just pictures of him outside of different Chipotles. <laughs> 
And each one of them written in Sharpie on the front, uh, above his head, it says guac on. And then on the back, it's just a hand drawn middle finger. There's no, there's no, there's no message or anything. It's just a hand drawn middle finger. Wow. And, uh, you can tell there's like, there's like smudges at the corner. So he was probably eating while he was doing it. Jeez. Looks like the, the red salsa. Oh, your favorite. Yeah, I love this. Red salsa. <laughs> well, uh, that's, I guess that's our bunker update. He's back in the States. He yeah. is, uh, as far as we know, somewhere around Florida. Yeah, so watch out if you're in central yeah. Florida. But we don't know how long he's going to be there. I mean, that's true. He's a traveling man now. He's made a lot of stops yeah. all over this land. He could be going international soon. We just don't know. Uh, if you out there feel like you've seen Bunker somewhere or have an inkling of where he might be, let us know. Email us, mrbunkerpod at gmail.com. And, you know, maybe it'll lead uh, to some kind of clue that we can maybe kind of tr- keep tracks on Bunker. Yeah. You know? Or if you if you have a dream about him, a premonition, oh, yeah. um, if you have a Bunker fantasy you want to tell us about, I mean, <laughs> let us know. Um. You know, speaking of fantasies, Andy, I think a yeah. lot of people out there, they fantasize about, well, you know, being a prince or a princess or a queen or a king. Yeah. I mean, you and I say it frequently. Yes, queen. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we do. As you can see, we're so comfortable saying it. Yeah. Yes, we do, Art. Um, <laughs> and it's no mistake uh, because we both dreamed as young boys of growing up to be queens. That's true. Uh, I've always wanted to be the New York Borough of Queens, and um, I always wanted to be Dairy Queen. <laughs> One day we'll get there. Someday, One day we'll get there. Someday but I will Andy, be filled with soft serve. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're working heat, towards it. Cool. Treats. I recognize your work. <laughs> Princess Diana, though, was a more than just some member of the royal family. I mean, she was a cultural icon. Yeah, she she in a lot of ways transcended her position as first the uh, spouse of the heir apparent to the throne of the UK, and then as the ex-spouse. I think she yeah. became, you know, right a, a a a sensation unto her own. I mean, we'll get into some of the numbers about the uh, the number of people who watched her funeral um, on on TV and uh, and just uh, other all the other things about her cultural impact. And we're gonna we're gonna cover the whole enchilada on mm-hmm, theories mm-hmm. on her. Um, unfortunate tragic demise so uh let's 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 get into it andy let's uh let's go over to uh, the the, uh, hop across the pond hop across the pond to the to kensington palace where we'll have tea and uh, regale us all with a story of bunkery delight (laughs) we'll have some bunkery delight Cornish pastries made by Paul Hollywood himself as we regale you all with the stories of the conspiracy behind Princess Diana's death here on Mr. Bunker's 
Conspiracy Time Podcast. Soggy Bottom. <laughs> Hello, Artie Stone. Though I know you may be all too well, and now you're being quarantined, but so is everyone. They all went to their homesteads, but you had never left your own. While some got real restless inside, you haven't been out in a month. And it seems to me you lived your life like a recluse hermit man, never going to the outdoors even when it's nice. And I would like to hug you, but your bones are weak. You were a loner long before the pandemic ever hit. Wow. Was that an Elton John cameo? Because if Elton John is over at your place, Andy, that's illegal. (laughs) No, Art. That was me, man of a million voices, doing a great impression of Elton John singing his hit song, Candle in the Wind. Well, you had me fooled. (laughs) Well, uh, I do have to admit, it's an easy impression for me because just like Elton John, I also am 300 pounds of past prime pop beefsteak. Shout out to my pal Johnny Go for that line. Uh, Also, all those lyrics were written by Bernie Taupin. Thanks, Bernie. Wow, what a start today. It's nice that you can find uh, levity in this awful tragedy that led to the deaths of three people, uh, which is what our topic is today. Truly, this opening is probably wildly offensive and insensitive. But hey, (laughs) that's never stopped me before. (laughs) Bunk funkers. Today we're talking about the tragic death of Diana, Princess of Wales, Imad Mohammed, Dodi Al-Fayed, and Henri Paul. We're going to give you the whole enchilada on the history, the tragedy, and the aftermath. So, unlike Diana and Dodi, buckle up your seatbelts and let's dig in. <laughs> well, uh, sadly, that's probably not the worst thing you'll say today, Andy. Not even close, Art. <laughs> okay, great. So, Bunk Funkers, if you're like me, the 90s is an era that's shrouded in the mists of time. I don't have, I don't even have memories earlier than 1995. So, for me, Diana, Princess of Wales, is sort of like Henry VIII, a British royal historical figure impossible to understand because the gulf of time between us is too wide. (laughs) Luckily for all of us, though, I went on this little thing called the internet and was able to find some information diana princess of wales or princess die was born diana francis spencer on july 1st 1961 she was the daughter of edward john spencer viscount althrop heir to the seventh earl spencer and his first wife francis ruth burke roche a daughter of the fourth baron baron fermoy was that right? For Moy? I'm pretty sure it's for my. For my. It's, uh, it's, it's Irish. Uh, 
Listen, I'm going to get a lot of stuff wrong today, Bunk Funkers. Okay, let's just put it out there <laughs> right just, in the beginning. Yeah, there I are apologize. a few names in here, so, you know, Art will do his best. Diana was, <laughs> Diana was born at her parents' home, a place called Park House, which Correct. is on the grounds of Queen Elizabeth II's estate at Sangringham. You see, like so many of us, Diana's parents had to rent their home. And again, like so many of us, they rented their home from the British Royal Crown. Mm, I know typical. I do. Yeah, that's same here. Diana had a typical childhood, playing with the younger children of the Queen, Prince Edward, and possible future Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast subject, Prince Andrew. Oh, boy. Ugh. Ooh, he's in some hot water. <laughs> he's in a lot of things. Oh, boy. Uh, Diana went to a finishing school in Switzerland and became a kindergarten assistant on her return to the U.K., Coming back to London rekindled her royal connections, and she and Prince Charles uh, announced their engagement on February 24th, 1981. The couple tied the knot on July 29th, 1981, in a televised ceremony broadcast worldwide to an audience estimated in the hundreds of millions. We know the feeling, Diane Charles. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> Diana gave birth to two boys. William Arthur Lewis, sorry, William Arthur Philip Lewis of Wales, great middle name, now the Duke of Cambridge, <laughs> on July 21st, 1982, and Henry Harry Charles Albert David, now the Duke of Sussex, on September 15th, 1984. Well, bunk funkers, Art may not have been around to experience Lady Dive for himself, but I sure was. And let me tell you, Diana was a cultural phenomenon in her day. I think there's always been some fascination in the USA with British royals, um, but it was a whole other level with Diana. She became a a fashion icon. She was charming, charismatic, philanthropic even. She had a sense of humor. Apparently, she was gifted a vibrator, you know, for sexual stimulation, and it Uh became her so-called lucky mascot that traveled with her everywhere. She even gave it a nickname, Le Gaget. Her popularity led her to become one of the uh, most beloved members of the royal family by the public. But everything wasn't all that great inside the royal family. And Diana and Charles were already suffering from marital problems. Uh, Diana uh, suffered from postnatal depression. She had low self-esteem, eating disorders, and was under constant stress from the relentless paparazzi, uh, something that will come up quite a bit later on. Uh, To top it all off, Diana and Charles both admitted to having extramarital affairs. In 1992, the couple separated. Then in 1995, uh, Diana gave an interview on the British television program Panorama, where she addressed these marital problems, including Prince Charles' affair with Camilla Parker Bowles, who is now his wife and the Duchess of Cornwall. Diana also talked about her own affair with James Hewitt, a former British cavalry officer and owner of a driving range. Uh, Interesting note here, uh, Hewitt has been rumored to be Prince Harry's real daddy. One month after this uh, very candid interview, Queen Elizabeth II sent Charles and Diana each a letter advising them to divorce. In February 1996, Diana pissed off the crown when she made her own divorce announcement outlining her royal role and titles once the divorce was finalized. Of course, 
The royal family was quick to refute Diana's announcement, and when the divorce was uh, finally finalized on August 28, 1996, some of the things Diana announced didn't end up as part of the settlement. Even though Diana was no longer an official member of the royal family, she was still a very popular figure. She continued working on charitable causes like banning landmines, uh, supporting the arts, helping AIDS patients, and uh, tackling issues related to children's welfare. She often brought her two sons, William and Harry, with her to show them what life was like outside the bubble of royal privilege. Despite her own privilege, Diana came across as someone down-to-earth who genuinely cared about people less fortunate than she. Her charm and charity earned her the popular nickname, the People's Princess. But then, tragedy struck. On August 31st, 1997, the People's Princess died following a car crash in Paris, France, where the car she was traveling in was being hotly pursued by paparazzi. Diana was in Paris with her boyfriend, Dodi Al-Fayed, a film producer of sorts and the playboy son of Muhammad Al-Fayed, the billionaire and former owner of Harrods department stores, among many other things. The couple had been staying at the Ritz in Paris, another thing that was owned by Dodi's daddy and had uh, tried to go out for dinner in the in the early evening. They chose to stay and eat at the hotel, though, because the paparazzi outside the hotel were too aggressive. Later in the night, close to 12.30 a.m., they left the hotel to head to Dodie's apartment in Paris. Despite the later departure at the time, the couple was still swarmed by the paparazzi. The driver of the Mercedes they were traveling in, Henry Paul, uh, began speeding to try and escape the cameras. At the entrance of the Pont de l'Alma Tunnel, that's yeah, close enough, Paul yeah, lost control good. of the car. <laughs> the vehicle hit a wall, swerved back into the road, and then hit a pillar supporting the roof of the tunnel. Dodie and Henry Paul were killed in the crash, while Diana died hours later at a nearby hospital. Another passenger in the car, Trevor Reese Jones, survived. Diana's funeral was held on September 6th, 1997 at Westminster Abbey. The service was attended in person by 2,000 people, but the event was televised and watched by 32.1 million people in the UK and an estimated 2.5 billion people worldwide. During the funeral, Elton John provided music playing Goodbye England's Rose, an updated version of the song you heard Andy sing earlier, which was originally written about Marilyn Monroe. In this case, though, the funeral is hardly the end of the story. In the wake of Diana's death, the royal family was criticized for their response. People felt like the behavior of the royals failed to properly reflect the mood of the general public. Public grief was immediate and immense, with mourners from all over the world flooding into London to place bouquets at Kensington Palace. And we're talking thousands upon thousands of, of bouquets at Kensington Palace. And meanwhile... The royal family was in Scotland at Balmoral Castle, and the queen was accused of staying too long in Scotland before finally returning to London. While the behavior of the royals came under scrutiny, things could not have been going better for one Elton John. His single, Goodbye England's Rose, sold more than 30 million copies. French authorities carried out an investigation into the crash and determined that Henri Paul, the driver, was at fault. The authorities said that Paul was speeding drunk, and on antidepressants at the time of the crash. 
They determined that Diana and Dodie were not wearing seatbelts, but also claimed that all the seatbelts in the car were operational. All right, all right, all right. All these facts are great and whatever, but I'm arting hard over here, and I need some whole enchilada before I freak out, okay, Andy? Okay, oh God, get him some whole enchilada. You know what, the... the the phrase arting hard over here is probably lost on our listeners. Let me just fill all you in, listeners. Oh, God. Let, me, let me give you the truth here. Uh, Andy and some other friends like to think that when someone is hangry or has low blood sugar, it's called arting. Because uh, <laughs> because I frequently get hangry or have low blood sugar when I haven't eaten in like six hours in New York City. <laughs> just That's give him the real some food, truth. everybody. Punk fuckers. <laughs> Anyway, conspiracy conspiracies about uh, my blood sugar aside, let's get into the conspiracy theories on Princess Diana's death. Honestly, people were suspicious about the circumstances surrounding the crash right from the start. I mean, we've seen this time and time again whenever, uh, you know, look back on any of our uh, episodes on when a famous musician dies, right? Yeah, right. The heat started real uh, started to. Uh, to pick up in the early 2000s, though, when Dodi's father, Muhammad Al-Fayed, uh, began publicly talking about the crash being more than an accident. Muhammad claimed that Diana and Dodi were assassinated because Diana was carrying Dodi's baby and planned to marry him. Muhammad says that he knew about Diana's pregnancy and the couple's plans because Diana called him the night before she died to give him the news. Further, Muhammad claimed that Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, and consort of Queen Elizabeth II, orchestrated the plot. I mean, those are some big claims. Mm-hmm. Muhammad says that Philip also knew about Diana's pregnancy and plans to marry Dodie because Diana's phone had been tapped by the UK intelligence agency, MI6, in addition to security agencies in the United States, the CIA, NSA. Possibly supporting this claim is someone named Richard Tomlinson a former MI6 agent who, in full disclosure, was dismissed from the intelligence services and later served time in prison. But Tomlinson alleged that MI6 agents had been monitoring Diana and that her death mirrored plans Tomlinson saw in 1992 for the assassination of the president of Serbia. Additionally, Henri Paul's father, Jean, claimed that uh, British police told him Diana had been killed by the royal family to prevent a future marriage to Dodie. Diana's former boyfriend, James Hewitt, said during his relationship with the princess, he got phone calls from people telling him to break up with Diana. And I mean like threatening phone calls. Not phone calls like Prince Charles calling, you know, crying, clearly be, being concealed in a clothes hamper, begging James Hewitt and his driving range length hog to stop cucking him. Not those kinds of phone calls. <laughs> right. <laughs> the kind of calls we're familiar with. Oh, very familiar with. We get those all the time. <laughs> all the Prince time. Charles, quit calling us. Yeah, please. <laughs> Jeez. In another wrinkle, the French investigators determined that the Mercedes made contact with a white Fiat Uno. Uh, that's the brand of car, not the card game, that <laughs> night prior to the fatal crash. The investigators, though, were never able to find the Fiat. Mohammed Al-Fayed alleged that the Fiat was used by security services to block the road, causing the Mercedes to swerve and crash. Mohammed also claimed that there were 10 CCTV cameras along the route taken by the Mercedes that night. Yet, 
None of those cameras captured footage of the crash. While Mohammed Al-Fayed's allegations were certainly the most well-publicized, they weren't the only allegations thrown around. Paul Burrell, Lady Diana's butler, claimed in his 2003 book, A Royal Duty, and bunkfunkers, that's duty, D-U-T-Y, not duty, D-O-O-D-Y, like a poop. A Royal Duty is the title of my memoirs. Thank you. Paul Burrell claimed Diana wrote him a note saying she feared Princess Ch- Prince Charles was going to plan, quote, an accident in my car, brake failure, and serious head injury, end quote. Burrell says Di gave him the note as insurance in case anything did happen, which, thank goodness, it never did. <laughs> Burrell claims the note was written two months after Diana and Charles divorced, which was 10 months before her death. The note claims Charles wanted Diana dead so he could marry Tiggy Leg Bork, Princess William, Princes William and Harry's former nanny. In addition to Burrell's claims, Ingrid Seward, uh, an author who has penned more than a dozen books on the royal family, claims the royals were stunned by the news of Diana's death when they received word at Balmoral. According to Seward, once the initial shock wore off, the queen allegedly said, quote, someone must have greased the brakes, end quote. Well, let's keep this, uh, let's keep greasing this enchilada with more conspiracies, huh, Andy? Yeah, let's keep, let's keep it greasy. (laughs) All right, here we go. Let's keep it greasy. (laughs) Hey, there's been lingering suspicion that the uh, British military, we're well greased, whereas you can see, this is a well-oiled machine. Yeah, so greasy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, There has been lingering suspicion that the uh, British military, specifically the special forces, had something to do with the crash in Paris. In fact, a source within British special forces claimed to the press that most members of the unit didn't think the death was accidental. Uh, That said, none of them were eager to claim involvement in the plot, except for one. A former special forces sniper, known mysteriously only as Soldier N., Claimed to be uh, the Metropolitan Police, a.k.a. the Met, a.k.a. Scotland Yard. Basically, these are the people, these are the police in London, right? Right. That that special forces blinded Henri Paul with a bright light moments before the crash, then covered up their involvement in the scheme. Soldier N's claims initially became public during the 2012 court-martial of Danny Nightingale, another former sniper who was convicted of illegal possession of firearms during the trial. It was revealed in the Nightingale trial that Soldier N's mother-in-law wrote a letter to military prosecutors in 2011 detailing Soldier N's claims. The letter said, in addition to all the Diana claims, uh, that Soldier N also claimed there was a box the Special Forces Unit used for private jobs so soldiers could make a little, little extra money on the side. Someone puts in a name, address, details on the job in the box. Then one of the soldiers carries out the hit and scores the cash. The letter alleged uh, Soldier N made these claims to his wife, who is now his ex-wife. His wife was interviewed and told investigators she was totally convinced that her ex-husband was telling the truth. That despite the fact that Soldier N allegedly terrorized his family even attacking his son after mistaking him for a member of the Taliban. Uh, Sildren was also accused of telling his wife he could get special forces to, quote, make her disappear. 
And at the time of the Nightingale trial, Soldier N was in jail. Also for illegally possessing firearms. Then there's the claim that Henri Paul was framed. Investigative journalist John Morgan alleges that blood samples reportedly taken from the scene of the crash and tested by French authorities were actually taken from another corpse. According to Morgan, the blood taken at the scene of the crash does not support the conclusion that Henri Paul was under the influence while driving. There's also a claim that Henri Paul crashed the car on purpose. Uh, allegedly, Paul died with a lot of cash on his person, leading some to speculate that he was in the employ of a security service to see that Diana and Dodie perished that night. Finally, as we've seen so, so many times before, some conspiracy advocates are optimists, mm-hmm. not pessimists, right? Right. Some have suggested that Diana and Dodie didn't die that night in Paris, but that they faked their deaths so that they could run away. Free of the paparazzi once oh, and for all. Beautiful. <laughs> like this if you cry every time. <laughs> uh, proponents of this idea split into two camps, actually. Some people believe that the couple was successful and faked their deaths and ran off. These people think that uh, there are decoy bodies buried in Diana and Dodie's graves. Well, then there are the people that think that they were trying to fake their deaths, but then accidentally really died in the car crash which wasn't what was supposed to happen that night. Whoops. <laughs> Oopsie. Okay. So we've talked a lot about, uh, we've talked about a lot of speculation and allegations here, but uh, there has been actual police work done to investigate the crash and uh, surrounding circumstances. Obviously, as we mentioned, French police investigated initially in the immediate aftermath of the crash. As we said, they determined that Henri Paul was drunk and speeding and crashed the car, killing Dodie and Diana, who were not wearing their functioning seatbelts. When Mohammed Al-Fayed went public with his claims, they drew the attention of the Queen's coroner. Yes, the royal family used to have their own coroner. Because of the position and the, the law in the UK, the Queen's coroner was legally obligated to request an investigation into the deaths of Diana and Dodie when it was alleged that a crime had been committed in the UK. Despite the crash happening in France, if Mohammed Al-Fayed's claims were true, a crime had in fact been committed in the UK. Conspiracy to murder. So to make a long story not any shorter, the coroner asked the Met Commissioner to investigate the claims that British intelligence, again MI6, caused the crash on orders from the royal family. Thus, in 2004, Operation Paget was launched by Scotland Yard. Eventually, the scope of the investigation expanded to cover a whole bunch of uh, other theories garnered, gathered from the media, legal submissions, and correspondence since the crash. The initial Operation Paget report was delivered in 2006. It consisted of 832 pages and is available in full online. Feel free to read it if you want. Lord knows I didn't. I just read the Cliss Notes. It's like <laughs> being in college again. Anyway, after the report was delivered on October 2nd, 2007, the coroner's inquest began, which is uh, basically just a court trial to settle the issue. After months of testimony from some 250 witnesses, uh, as well as review of lots of information from the Paget report, on April 7, 2008, a jury decided that Diana and Dodie were unlawfully killed due to the gross negligence of Henri Paul and the paparazzi. The jury cited Paul's drunken state and Dodie and Diana's lack of seatbelts as contributing factors. Operation Paget also essentially 
dismissed all of the conspiracies being investigated. Despite the verdict in 2013, Scotland Yard opened yet another investigation into Diana and Dodie's deaths, one of which was not part of uh, Operation Paget. Is it Paget or Paget? I think I think it's Paget. Um, Paget. I guess I didn't check it deeper into it. Uh, that's okay. Sorry. Uh, the Sorry, Met was bunkers. investigating a claim made by the parents-in-law of a former British soldier that someone in the British military killed Diana, Dodie, and Henri. Ultimately, the Met concluded that there was a uh, a possibility that the comments reported by the parents-in-law were actually made, but uh, there was uh, there was no credible evidence to support that the comments were based in fact. Essentially, uh, the Met determined that the people reporting the claims were possibly being truthful about what they had heard, but there was no evidence to suggest that what they heard was factually accurate. So that's it, Bunk Funkers. We pulled up a seat at the Queen's table and gorged ourselves on whole enchilada. But will the diarrhea we suffer later be purely an unfortunate, horrible, pants-destroying accident? Or... Is it possible that the queen herself put laxatives in the whole enchilada because she knew we'd be pregnant with a whole enchilada food baby and didn't want us to properly gestate it and give birth to whole enchilada to a whole enchilada colon golem? Maybe the military slipped the laxatives in just because some sicko had the money to make us suffer. Is it possible we gave the diarrhea to ourselves just to get it out of this awkward dinner? Did we shit the right amount so we could get away safely? Or did we accidentally shit too much and ruin our favorite novelty boxers? Hey, welcome back, Bunk Funkers. That was our research of uh, the the conspiracy to assassinate Princess Diana. That's right. Andy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Andy. Okay. The people want to know. Mm-hmm. Is it true? It, it's true that you, for a time, you were the Duke of Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> yes, that's true. For a true. brief amount of time. <laughs> uh, yeah. As a child, I won a contest <laughs> for... <laughs> Not many children, not many children uh, like Worcestershire sauce, but um, I mean, this is actually a true fact about me. I do love Worcestershire sauce. I think that I know you uh, do. I think it's an incredible uh, ingredient. And as a child, uh, I couldn't get enough of this stuff. I mean, I would drink it by the glass. Um, yeah, it was like it's like one of those things where, you know, when you're a kid, you you need to uh, you need to eat a lot of like different things to get you know, nutrition because your body's growing all the time. Right? Oh, yeah. Um, so as part of my just daily regimen, I would just uh, pour a cool glass of Worcestershire and oh, yeah. uh, crack a few eggs into it and just drink the whole thing down. <laughs> then a Pop-Tart. Wow. Well, it's... Wild it's berry. You almost, uh, you almost depleted the entire royal family's reserves of Worcestershire sauce and <laughs> yeah it was yeah, it was called yeah. the year where no shepherd's pie were made yeah as everyone knows uh Worcestershire is famously a a commodity controlled tightly by the British royal crown 
not a not a not a commercially available product. Uh, only available. <laughs> Think of it this way: a lot of the world's oil supply is controlled by the Saudi royal family. Uh, the, Worcestershire is the British royal family's oil. <laughs> you need it in shepherd's pie, ah, uh, in maybe like a pot roast or something. Prime rib? I don't know. <laughs> wow. You're struggling. I can't think I can't uh, think of what else you use Worcestershire sauce. For. How about how about I made I used some Worcestershire uh yesterday to make uh Caesar dressing at home. Sure. Sure, you could do that. Little anchovy, little uh little raw egg, little emulsion going on with the uh, just, you know, I'm I'm a skip stepper. I just use mayonnaise. Is uh, yeah. mayonnaise, Worcestershire, lemon juice. Yeah, that's uh, easier. Dijon. Um, olive oil, garlic, anchovy. Put it on. But some, you do it like uh, you got to do it like Gordon Brussels Ramsay, sprouts. Andy. Gordon, Gordon. Worcestershire in lemon oil, mayonnaise, lemon parmesan, parmesan. Put the pan in on. Bowl pan. Don't hot. touch it. Don't do anything. Let it get nice and hot. <laughs> oil in. Let that get nice and hot. Um. Well, Andy, where are we at here with Princess Die, huh? Like, um, I mean, here, here's here's the thing, though. Yeah, yeah. We said it in the script, but I, I was too young to really remember Princess Diana. Yeah. Do, uh, do, 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 do you? I, this is a genuine genuine question for you. Did you did you watch the funeral? Do you do you remember watching? It was ninety seven, right? It was nineteen ninety seven. So you would have been. I would have been five about years old? five. Yeah. No, I did not watch it. <laughs> okay. No, I did not watch it. Did you? Because you yeah, would have been about mm, in your twilight years at that time, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> let's see. It was nineteen ninety seven. You were a longshoreman. You were retired. Yeah, I turned sixty four in uh, nineteen ninety seven, um, and you know I didn't have shit else to do, so of course I watched it. No, but you actually, uh, listeners don't know this, but I know this because I know you have that Benjamin Buttons disease. <laughs> yeah, I age, I age backwards, um, <laughs> but I don't look any younger ever. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay, but you remember it. You watched it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, this is a true story. Uh, I had uh, a friend staying over. Uh, the night before the funeral. So like we were, you know, whatever down in my parents' living room playing video games all night and stuff. Um, and then, uh, we wait, we were like sleeping on the floor and we wake up in the morning and it's like my mom and dad had, they were today show watchers. And so it's like, right. that's, that's all that was on, on like network TV was uh princess Diana's funeral. So, uh, we just sat there and watched the whole thing. Oh, so we were part of that any... huge, that huge multi-million crowd watching wow. worldwide. Do you have any memories of it? Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I mean, uh-huh. in all in all honesty, in in 1997, I mean, I, I remember it because I was 12 years old. So, wow, yeah. Um, I don't know, Andy. I'll I, say I this. Mean, I'll uh... say this. If if you're looking for some insight on it. Was I particularly moved by the whole thing? I mean, you'll be surprised, but not really. Right. Uh, I mean, you're <laughs> not that I was expecting me to say anything else. But yeah. I mean, it was, uh, 
you got the you got the sense uh watching it i mean i i was not a i'm not like a i'm not one of these people that's into the royals or whatever right right uh, right i don't really know that much about the royal family and i don't really care that much sure um but it was a very uh you could see a lot of people were I mean, you you just can tell from watching it that Diana is one of those celebrities that touched a lot of people, which is a thing that I I find mostly mystifying. Um, right, that people right, feel yeah. such a personal connection with a a celebrity, but yeah, she's definitely one of those people that endeared herself uh, uh, to the public. Yeah, I mean, I guess you kind of got to remember, you got to kind of take it with historical context at the time. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I guess I guess I don't really know. I can't really speak from experience because maybe there weren't a lot of celebrities like her before, like ones that were so active, but that's not true because there were plenty of celebrities who were really active. But maybe Princess Diana was just they had never seen a I don't know, maybe she was just at the right place at the wrong time. I don't know. I don't Yeah, I, I do think I do think there's something to that because just in terms of, you know, popularity of the royal family uh, and stuff like when she when she comes into the royal family this is sort of at the at the point where the popularity is starting to slip i mean early on like the 80s weren't that bad but the 90s there was a lot of um in the uk general dissatisfaction with the royal family at large um and mm. things were things were kind of chaotic from like the queen's perspective i mean i think that she even refers to 1992 as like her horrible year because, oh wow, you know, Princess Diana. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason she hates that year. Uh, <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, Diana and Charles separated, and I think that uh, I think that was the year that Prince Andrew and Fergie divorced. Maybe um, Fergie the singer? <laughs> no, Sarah Ferguson. Oh. <laughs> The original say, Fergie. What the fuck? The, the original Fergie. Um, yeah. Prince Andrew's got a lot of junk up inside his trunk. You know what oh I'm saying? God, yeah. He's got a lot of skeletons in his closet. Oh, Ooh. boy. Um, I don't know much about the royal family. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, apologies to all of our wonderful UK listeners. You know, I don't. Hey, we love you, but hashtag not my queen. Yeah, you know, yeah. My, I mean, the only queen for me is Queen Daenerys Targaryen. You know what? You know what? We do have some listeners in the UK, and uh, some of the listeners in the UK are um, are are folks who who interact with us um, either through email or through Twitter or whatever. Yeah. For for our UK listeners, like, what do you you know? Let us know what are your impressions of the royal family. Do you yeah. do you like the monarchy? I mean, this is one of those things that I I find confusing as an american it's like why did people even put up with the monarchy still um uh, you know I mean, it's like i kind of liken this- it to like to like reality tv like why do people like reality television you know it's like it's kind of it, it feels like the same thing to me because they don't they don't <laughs> really a serve point. a purpose other than they're just really <laughs> rich and famous you know you know a lot of a lot of a lot of uh things have adapted uh in the wake of of reality tv like um you know, zoos now have like cameras when a baby animal is going to be born and stuff. Uh, do you think the royal family should go to that model? Like, yeah. should they? <laughs> like, like for, for should they? 
Should they just have uh, a camera always on uh, a royal vagina when there's a baby about to be born? <laughs> oh my god! So we can. <laughs> like, should they have kept Kate Middleton in like a captivity, like on a hay bale, so yes. that when <laughs> when the babies were born, like people could see it live all over the internet? Um, it should have been. It should be like Flavor of Love. The uh, the uh, VH1. Uh, That's how they should pick show. the next monarch. When the where queen hype dies. man rapper uh, Flava Flav is looking for uh, his next uh, bride to be. And uh, uh, yeah, the UK uh, as a country, uh, as a nation, uh, as a kingdom, I guess. Um, get at us. Uh, here's an idea: uh, when the queen dies, rather than just having it set by law that. It goes to the next in line in a hereditary succession. Um, what if we do it flavor of love and flavor flav picks the next monarch? <laughs> oh God. And it's all based um, on, it's all based on how much how romantically uh compatible Flavor Flav feels like the next monarch is with him. It's true. It's true. You know, I mean you're gonna have to buy him a lot of giant chain necklaces and giant clock necklaces things that you know the next queen queen of the united kingdom bridget nielsen yeah i was just about to say he fucking dated bridget nielsen for like such a long time i think yeah like yeah i think they were like a legitimate couple for a long time i love that show Um, because they all had fun nicknames like there was there was new york new york yeah because then new york got her own show that's who i was trying to get a spinoff show it was like hoops Lala. Uh, I guess though yeah, in the UK, Tinky Winky, Dipsy, Poe. In, in the yeah, UK, I remember them all. Be, in the UK, it would be more like a uh, Tam Shanter, <laughs> chips. Oh, I'd like to see her beef curtains, Tam O'Shanters, beef curtains, her roast beef muff, extra flavor. Tam O'Shanta. Yeah. Tam O'Shanta. It's like if Tam O'Shanter had uh Spike Spike the Network for Men's like advertising people. Tam O'Shanta. Fucking roast beef. <laughs> Do you you remember Mansers from Spike? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh my god. How many boobs could you fucking fit inside of a pussy? Find out next on Mansers. <laughs> and like you'd watch it like, oh shit, yeah, I want to see how many. Bo-. But they would always leave that for the end. <laughs> Up next, we're going to find out how many tits can you fit inside of a butt. But first, <laughs> could a shark smoke marijuana? But could first, it- can you turn a dolphin into a bong? <laughs> Could a dude get a blowjob while driving a speedboat through a ring of fire? <laughs> We've got Chuck Yeager on the call. Let's find out. Chuck Yeager's like, hell yeah, brother. I can fucking do that shit. Hell yeah, brother. I can fit 40 tits in a pussy. <laughs> then they're like, no, no, Chuck. We don't need you to answer that question. I'll do He's it like, right now. Yeah. Oh, God. Chuck, go get it. Turn off the cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Yeager gets arrested because he's got like 400 tits just in a freezer 400 tits in a butt 
I know you can do it. God we're going to say I live for the thrill. The fastest man alive, Chuck Yeager. <laughs> Goddamn sound barrier. Fuck you. Oh, God. Spike TV was truly ahead of its time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um. Anyway, Andy, this this conspiracy, where do we even want to start here? I mean, oh, God, there's a lot to unpack on this, huh? Yeah. The first couple notes I have here are about the paparazzi. Um. Let's talk about paparazzo a little bit here. Okay. You know, know. Just in general. Uh, paparazzi, you're a disgusting pig. <laughs> uh, I, you, yeah, or, yeah. or, or. What's even more disgusting, it's because of our worship of celebrities. We enable these paparazzi to exist. But at the same time, if you train to become what is essentially a stalker for hire, right? I have to question your morals and your like you know, psychological makeup here because right. you know, it's just crazy. I mean, Literally, these people hounded her. I read something that one of the uh, paparazzi following her that night was a paparazzo named James Andenson, mm-hmm. and he was a millionaire. He was a millionaire paparazzi. Mm-hmm. Paparazzo, paparazzi. I don't know. I think it's paparazzo if it's just you. Paparazzo. He, he was a millionaire from selling these photos and doing other shit, and he has, he has a very... Um, a lot of people point to him as uh, a link to this conspiracy with his death. Mm-hmm. He claimed he was in the tunnel that night. He also used to drive a white Fiat Uno that had gone under repairs the day after the murder. Uh, he has this crazy, well, it's labeled a suicide, but where uh, he allegedly set himself on fire while locked inside of a car that he drove thousands of miles away to a remote area that was locked from the outside and (laughs) apparently had a bullet shaped hole into his temple and it was ruled a suicide. So I don't know. You tell me they, the pathologist says that uh, the hole was from the intense heat of the fire, not from a bullet, but you know, anyway, just a wild story that's somewhat connected to this conspiracy. That Um, is wild. You want to start with the paparazzi and anything you want to mention there? Yeah, I mean, I, I I think the obvious initial reaction, and I think this was the prevailing reaction popularly at the time, is that this was almost completely the fault of the paparazzi. Yeah. I mean, like, paparazzi don't enjoy a lot of popularity in... No. Society. I don't think that people and they like, shouldn't, right? And I don't think that people, people, people gobble up the stuff that the paparazzi gets, but they don't really like the paparazzi. Uh, I think, and it's interesting to me. And I guess that's that's what I struggle with on this. Is like you know, I want to just say like the paparazzi are horrible, and I do believe that, but it's almost like they're bad. But there is a market for what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. The, it's nobody, enabled by the people that want to pay for these photos. Yeah, if 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 people stopped like wanting gossip magazines and websites and stuff, if people stopped wanting this kind of candid content about celebrities, yeah. which candid in the sense that 
the celebrity didn't have any involvement in it. Because, you know, like nowadays, celebrities make all kinds of so-called candid content that they put out through their own social media or whatever. But this kind of, this kind of like unprepared, candid content related to, to celebrities, if, you know, you just have to feel like if people didn't keep buying that stuff, paparazzi might go away. But I I mean, I don't know. I, I think that, I think that there is no doubt that they were swarming this car and it's, it's extreme. And it's like, what do you even get from a, from, you know, snapping pictures of people riding in a car? Like, is that an interesting I, picture to begin with? I don't even know. I mean, I, I would hope and wager a bet that at least with the uh, advent of social media that it has died down a little bit, but I, I don't think it ever has or ever will. Um, I mean, if anything, are, I think it's know, just gotten a little bit different because yeah, I think now it's like paparazzi. It's more, it's more like that TMZ stuff. Yeah, where there's where there's just people wandering around with a camera. Well, everyone and, has a camera now. Everyone right. has one. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't escape a camera. You know, it's not obvious who's a paparazzo and who isn't anymore yeah. because everybody has a camera in their pocket. Um, and with social media, it's like you can track a celebrity. Like if they post a photo somewhere and you're like, oh, I fucking know that spot. Like you can just, you know. Yeah. You just go hang out there and wait yeah. for them to show up. It's like I saw this one thing once of, uh, you know, like a TMZ thing where one of their people was supposed to be in the airport, like trying to talk to somebody. And then another celebrity showed up. So they just start like recording them and talking to them. And the guy is like, why are you recording this? And leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah. And and I don't know, people, I sort of feel like people are kind of like, oh, well, you don't have to be such a jerk about it, celebrity. Yeah. But it's like, but I mean, it's like, what? Like, would you like that if that happened to you? Yeah. You're like trying to sit there. You're at the airport, the one place like nobody really wants to be. And then some asshole is like in your face asking you personal questions about your career. And uh, like, you know, most normal people don't get like bombarded by questions about their career. And it's not even, <laughs> it's not even polite question, questions yeah. about the career. It's like, oh, yeah. Do you remember how you like, pissed off all the cast in that last movie you were in like yeah. why were you such a Do you remember thing? how you shoved all those giant boobies inside of that pussy? <laughs> Do I and ever broke the sound barrier in your <laughs> F1 jet? The only difference is that Chuck Yeager never says get away from me. That's true. He's always game. He's got a story. <laughs> and listen, we're not trying to like defend cuz celebrities can be vapid. Uh, Look, we're not trying to defend Chuck touch, Yeager here. <laughs> out of touch, you know, people, but it, I don't know. It's it, it kind of goes both ways. It's like we enable them and they enable that market and you know. Yeah, I think I think you and I are kind of of the same mindset here that that we both agree that there's probably too much worshipping of celebrities in general. Yeah, we were at a show one time and a, a famous celebrity comedian showed up at the show and you and I were both kind of like, okay, like cool. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, yeah, he's here, I guess. It's a comedy show. Right. <laughs> it makes sense. But, you know, it, other people are like, oh, my God. Like, we should go fucking talk to them and get a photo and, and, and see what's... It's like, I don't... Like, I'm not going to... I don't want to bother that. Maybe that's just because we're Midwesterners or maybe that's just because we're... That's just who we are. But, you know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's, there's always that argument about, like, if you see a celebrity, do you go and talk to them? Uh, yeah. Do you, like, interrupt them? Um, I mean... 
I've told this story before, but famously, we saw the Little People Big World family in the Grand Canyon. That's right. And we didn't talk to them. We didn't talk to them. Yeah. They were were obviously busy doing something, shooting something, talking about condors. So, you know, we didn't want to bother them. Um, Anyway. You know, know, going to... uh, Going to school at Ohio State, um, I saw some. I saw some. You know, I guess I would say somewhat famous athletes uh, around campus, and you know, uh, future saw, famous athletes. Like, like I saw uh, Troy Smith once eating dinner at the same campus dining spot as me. Pretty cool. Uh, and you know, it's like he was sitting there, and so we we noticed him over there, and it's like. Oh, do we go like say anything to him? But it's like, nah, he's just eating dinner. Like this is not, this is not a nice thing to do to like interrupt him just to be like, uh, gee, I think you're really good at football and I like, <laughs> I like you a lot. Anyway, have a good night, my dude. Like yeah. what, like what value do I add to his life by going and introducing myself? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's a totally you only do it for a selfish reason because you want to you want to be able to say like yes I met Troy Smith it's not like yeah. oh we met through a normal set of circumstances and we're friends it's like no right. he was he, was, he, he was came into my car dealership and he bought a Kia right and I don't know why he's buying a Kia <laughs> and then asked me to you know join he and his wife in intercourse which I did <laughs> Multiple occasions. Uh, the life of a Kia dealer is yeah. life in the fast lane, baby. Uh, Speaking of the fast lane here, Andy. Um, yeah. So there's paparazzi. I get hung up on these CCTV cameras. Yep. I, I there are that CCTV the cameras all over the place, and none, none of them. There's no pictures. There's no footage of the crash and I, I was reading something that allegedly you know the monitoring stations close at 11 p.m. and they don't mm-hmm. record after that or something like it has to be like a special remote access thing if they want to record something late at night and that just seems like super bizarre to me I, I I will say this I think that that seems bizarre to you now but this also was 1997 right okay so this I don't think that that's so unusual for for the late nineties. Uh, frankly, um, you know there, I think there are lots of circumstances where it's like, oh, the cameras turn off after a certain time, and then you know if something happens, you just don't see it. <clears throat> okay. I think there's, I think now the obviously now it's like if this happened today, there'd be so much footage from so many different angles uh, undoubtedly you would hope you would that, hope yeah you know it would be totally clear maybe from the video footage but I mean, what happened were there any photos of like the wreckage like oh yeah lots of photos of the wreckage okay all right uh the paparazzi didn't stop taking pictures so there's tons <laughs> of photos uh, I, that's that's i mean that's one thing that people criticize the paparazzi for and this is that after the crash uh, like William and Harry have come out and said, like, oh, the paparazzi just stood there and took pictures while my, while our mother lay there inside this car dying, which is true. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's lots, a, there's of, there's a lots f- of photos of the crash. 
There's a film you haven't seen, but I've seen. It's called Nightcrawler. Right. And it stars uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. No. It stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, oh okay. Uh, and he plays uh, what is a real life... I forget their actual term, but they're like um, siren chasers. Like they they oh, yeah. show up on the scene of wreckages and tragedies and they get the footage that they sell to the news stations. Right. Um, and that's what they do. They they have a little police scanner and they literally will show up somewhere, film people dying, film the wreckage, film dead bodies, film all this stuff before the news stations get there so that they can sell the footage back to the right. news station. And um, it just, Jig Gyllenhaal um, plays one of these real life people and he went on like a ride along with him. And um, it's essentially a kind of about the spiral of a uh, full on sociopath. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a very interesting movie and it's very, it's very dark. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what these guys do. They don't, you know, that's why I kind of have to say, like, you know, you're, you're kind of a stalker for hire and you uh, you literally watch people, you know, you'll take photos and just watch people die. <laughs> I I mean, honestly, not, not to sound however I'm going to sound, but... No, I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. The... In a way, for the from a paparazzi standpoint, that car crash is probably the the best thing you could have hoped for, right? Like your photos, oh. you probably sold those for lots and lots of money. Oh, okay. You know, I a, thought a you picture of picture else. of Diana and Dodie in a car probably would have you know made you a few bucks, but oh man, you got this great shot of Diana dying in this in the wreckage of this Mercedes. Like, Jesus. But I'm, I mean, I'm saying that's like you talk about them yeah. becoming sociopaths. Like they're probably thinking, like, "Oh, this is, this is money in the bank." Yeah, which is pretty disgusting. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. <laughs> it's I mean, uh, bad. Nobody should think that. That I mean, that's very much the plot. The kind of the part of the movie is you know wanting to get that that juicy juicy footage. Um. Good movie. Great acting by Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, you know, just trying to pronounce his name accurately. Is that, you know, a, I, is that a thing? I don't know. It's okay. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> yeah, okay. I just thought maybe um, there was something that... Nah. I think Jake he did a bit on... Asked to, he, he did a bit on Conan where he was like, you know, actually, my uh, we're of Swedish descent or something, and my last name is actually pronounced Gyllenhaal. And then him and Conan went back and forth and did that. So, oh, I got you. You know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, well, okay. Like All right, we talked about the CC uh, Conan's podcast. <laughs> Conan's podcast is good. It's better than his show. I haven't, uh, I haven't, uh, I haven't listened to it. Uh, we talked about the CCT cameras. Do we want to talk about Henri Paul? He's another. Uh, he's a big part of the conspiracy, right? Yeah, he's a big part of the conspiracy. He gets, he gets all the blame. <laughs> yeah, basically, he, uh, I mean, from the French investigation, he pretty much shouldered the entire blame for being drunk and on antidepressants. Um, you know, obviously, there's some speculation that maybe he wasn't drunk and on antidepressants, um, that yeah. maybe maybe the blood was switched. But I, I, that's one that I don't, I don't really 
understand. You get what I'm saying? Like, mm. is there any, I don't know, know the backing to that claim. Well, right? I read something that said that Henri was kind of a, he was a, um, a competent person who had just gotten his pilot's license. And there's no way he could have been this functioning, working alcoholic because in order to get your pilot's license, they do blood tests on you and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they wouldn't have administered a pilot's license to someone who is a uh, a well-known lush. So, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know much about his character and his makeup. I mean, right. you know, between the two of us, Andy, you're really the only one who's ever been drunk and... Actually, one of your favorite pastimes used to be drinking excessively and operating heavy machinery. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I used to own an excavator just for the purpose of uh, getting blackout drunk and then driving it. You used to get uh, hammered on old on old turkey. Old, uh, old, turkey. old Kentucky Derp. <laughs> old, old turkey. Uh, this is basically just a whiskey that's made from fermenting turkey bones. <laughs> What's the name of the fucking... Turkeys that die of of natural causes of old age. Oh, fucking Matthew McConaughey does commercials for them now. Um, something it's something Lincoln? wild turkey, wild, wild turkey. turkey? You I mean, I assumed you meant wild turkey, but I didn't wild. realize Matthew McConaughey was doing. Uh, yeah, I think he is, or something, something else. Who knows? I don't, I don't give a shit. Uh, yeah, that used to be your favorite dream. You get fucking loaded on that stuff, getting your excavator. <laughs> Um, we're talking in jest. I mean, Andy, um, you know, Andy always, uh, had good self-control except when he didn't. Um, right. Except for all those times when I didn't, when I lost control. Uh, I mean, you know, functioning alcoholics exist. Sure. Um, but are we saying, I mean, it's like, was Henri Paul even a functioning alcoholic? Maybe, Maybe in this case, some people maybe. say that, you know, because if he was a well-known drinker and a well-known, you know, alcoholic that he, they say that his blood, like his blood levels were fucking like three times France's limit or something, right? Like mm-hmm. the Parisian limit. Mm-hmm. So, and you got to think like, I mean, I don't know what the Parisian limit, but you know, the French 40, like to 40%, fucking drink. 40%. Yeah, the French like to fucking drink. So I can only imagine that this dude was like. More alcohol than blood at this point. Um, well, you know, so, I, I also wonder, though, they tried to go out earlier in the night. They were going to go out for dinner. Right. And they decided not to. They're at a hotel. Maybe he just assumed, like, night's over. <laughs> and True. Headed to the hotel bar, had a couple of drinks, and then they're like, uh, hey, by the way, <laughs> we want to leave. And he's like, and he's oh, like, fuck. Oh, oh, fuck. I have to go. <laughs> Oui, oui. I can only imagine this is how he sounds. This is how he talked. Plus, we don't know the interaction with the alcohol and antidepressants if he was taking an antidepressant. True. Uh, and there's also, he's been caught on CCTV cameras outside the Ritz talking to the paparazzi. Um, now, obviously, we don't really know what he was discussing there, what was going right. on. He also is seen like smoking cigarillos like chain smoking them right and shit so i mean you know what he's french like he's gonna fucking <laughs> he's gonna chain smoke like come on yeah uh he's gonna and wear you know, a little beret he's gonna have a big baguette he's gonna have an ascot he's gonna have a striped shirt he's french 
And, you know, they also sent a decoy car out. Yeah. And that did almost nothing to, I mean, like, that's how, that's how thick the paparazzi were around this hotel is like they sent a decoy car and still their actual car is just swarmed with people with cameras. What, what do you make? What do you make of conspiracy to kill by car crash? Like, do you think that's one of the stupidest ways to ensure that your target is murdered properly? Or do you think that it's like a reverse psychology thing where people think it's stupid, but it's actually like it's fucking, it works, dude. You know, like I, it's what if they were all wearing seatbelts what if they took a different route? How many fucking routes are there between the Ritz and Dodie's apartment? There's got to be like a million because Parisian streets are crazy. Now, a little extra, a little extra mustard on that uh, on the seatbelt angle. You know, they brought the car back for the coroner's inquest. It came back to the UK, yeah, and was investigated by um, the Met Police. So the French authorities said that all the seatbelts were functioning. Uh, when the car got finally to the UK, now this obviously is years after the crash, uh, they found that Diana's seatbelt, the seatbelt, the seat in which Diana was sitting, the seatbelt for that seat was no longer functional. Um, huh. The Met Police, though, determined that it was due to wear on the car post the accident. So it's like, it's not like they had. That makes sense. That makes you sense. Know, been keeping this car like in a sealed box or something. Um, so when it got shipped back to the UK, it was like something that happened in the shipping or where that had happened while it was out. Yeah, the uh, the the Amazon delivery person who shipped it off fucking just like <laughs> dropped it. Just they, dropped the fucking thing instead of putting it down gently. They rang the buzzer at Buckingham Palace, but they didn't get let in, so they just tossed it over the fence. <laughs> It's fucking snapped a photo of it. Here's your car. Um, Delivered. I don't know. I mean, it's like, if you think about conspiracy to kill by car crash, it's like someone in that car survived. Yeah. Yeah, well, Trevor, that Trevor Reese Jones was a, what's, was a bodyguard. What's that, what's that dude's testimony? Yeah, what's his, what's his deal? Uh, there's not a whole lot of information that I saw about him. He's um, a missing link in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know more about Trevor Reese Jones, frankly. Um, I, I think it's a gamble if your plan is to like make a car crash and just assume that everybody's going to die. You know, and they allegedly say that like a Fiat Uno, which is, you know, this is one of these tiny little European cars. I mean, it's right. not, uh, it's a little, it's a little tiny thing. It's, you know, you watch like, uh, well, go watch the Italian job. I mean, it's not a mini Cooper, but they're not much bigger. Um, a Fiat Uno, you know, allegedly rammed into a uh, a very nice German-built Mercedes and the Fiat, like, you know, caused the German Mercedes to fucking, like, I don't know. I mean, when two objects crash at high speeds together, you know, they're going to... But it's like no Fiat Uno was seen at the crash site, right? Yeah, they didn't see it at the crash site. It's one of those things where... So, it, yeah. They... they 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 could see the paint on the Mercedes. So that's how they knew that the the cars had come into contact with each other. But you know, again, there's no um there's no like CCTV footage or uh they never found this this white Fiat Uno that they're looking for. Tre- Trevor Reese Jones is really a missing link. I didn't realize that 
until kind of just now, like, I feel like we kind of need some info on that guy. I mean, it's, it's... He was in the fucking crash. It's like he 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 had a serious head injury uh, no. in the crash. And so it's like he he says he doesn't because his, his face got flattened, like like oh. crushed, basically. Um, and so he says he doesn't remember much from the the crash. Uh, yeah, does I guess he did write a book though, the bodyguard story, Diana and the Crash, and the Sole Survivor. I mean, if you think that this is a conspiracy to kill, I assume done by professionals. Don't you think they would clean up the loose ends? You don't think that, like, you don't think they would <laughs> be like, oh, you know, we can't yeah. leave this motherfucker. Like, don't you think that something would happen to him in the hospital if this is special forces? Right. Like, he would... I mean, like, I believe why? tampering with a car. I believe cutting brakes or what have you. But, like... Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like there's so much to get right with. Like, unless Henri is in on it, you know? Right. But there's the paparazzi everywhere. There's so much stuff to control. What if, What if there are bystanders who see it? What if there are... I mean... Hell, even fucking Joe Exotic and Bumblefuck Jeff, what was his name? Jeff Lloyd? Jeff Lowe? Uh, <laughs> no, that's Tiger when, King. Yeah, Tiger King. When they're trying to plan out the fucking murder of uh, Carol Baskins, oh, they yeah. at least have the foresight to be like, we should do it somewhere where there's no other people. <laughs> right. When she's riding her dumbass little bicycle down that uh, hidden path, you know? <laughs> um. I mean, a tunnel is a pretty good place, but it's like the paparazzi were following them. Like, it's just like you're not going to do it that way, you know? Yeah. I mean, other people, I'm sure, disagree, but it just, I can't see a special forces person being like, yeah, that's how we'll make it work. That's how we'll make you know, it look like an axe. Like, it's like, I don't know. You know, if if Henri Paul is involved, like, this is one of those that I find, like, very funny because it's like, he was in on it, but then what? He accidentally went too far and got himself killed also. Like, what did he get out of this deal that was so good that he did this job yeah. and also killed himself in the process? <laughs> I mean, that's one of those that, to me, it just, it doesn't strike me as very compelling because he died. Like, I mean, you know, he died. If he's in yeah, on it. I, I mean... I don't know. I, these guys are all these like high level fucking special special spec ops sniper soldier N. Right. Uh, next on Mansers, soldier N answers how many pussies can he shoot with a sniper rifle? Yeah, <laughs> being launched from a catapult. <laughs> oh, the the Mansers special forces episode, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I just don't see them being like, yeah, this plan will. We'll fucking execute this plan properly. I mean, there's just so many loose ends. Like, you know, what if they're wearing seatbelts? What if they don't crash the right way? What if Diana doesn't mm -hmm. die in the... I mean, she didn't die in the right. crash. Right. <laughs> she went to a hospital later. So here, here's the real question I think we need to talk about is, do you think the royal family is uh, capable of this? Allegedly. Ooh, that's a good question. I guess you know. Do, yeah, I guess I guess that. 
I guess to me, I would say, are they capable of it? Yeah, probably. Like, I don't, I mean, I guess I don't have anything that would tell me to say that, no, I don't think that the the character of the royal family is such that they would never go through with something like this. Right. But I don't know. Their motives to me are a little bit suspect. You know, yeah, I, I mean, what, I what do they the gain by motive. killing one of their daughters? Not even their like daughter. It's like the ex-wife of of one of the, right. the members of the royal family. It's like who lost her titles, right? Uh, she got to keep. She got to continue to be a uh, princess of Wales, but the only thing she had to give up was uh, her royal highness. She could no mm. longer be called her royal highness. I mean. I don't know. I don't know much. As we talked about, I don't know much about the royal family. Again, the only queen for me is Queen Daenerys Targaryen of my favorite <laughs> show of all time, Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Well, if she's your um, queen, tell us all her titles. Fucking Mother of Dragons, Breaker of Chains, Swallower of Swords, okay. Spreader of Seeds, Okay. Uh, yeah. Sniffer of Feet. Uh-huh. Lover of incest. Yeah. And finally, the rightful heir to the Iron Throne. The end. Yeah, good job. You got them all. That's it? Yeah. I've watched the show, I know. I know. You shows. Here's the thing. Would they... I think there are some things to benefit from. Obviously, Diana was very outspoken... Um, she doesn't seem like someone who the royal family could keep a wraps around. And if we know anything kind of about the royal family that we're seeing kind of today with Prince Andrew, where it's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, you done fucked up, Andrew. Right. <laughs> and uh, they're really trying to he's you know, he he's not testifying. He's not talking. He's just kind of they're kind of trying to put him away somewhere, make him, you know, make people forget. Right. Um. You know, does Diana seem like that type of person? Now she's going, she's dating a Muslim of uh, heritage person, you know, and it's like, is that something that, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't know anything about the royal family, but is that something you think that they would be into or allowed to, like, essentially becoming a heir of something? I don't know the way that lineage works, so. Yeah, I, I don't d- know if Dodie and... Diana get married. What does he become? Yeah, I think I think that he's just Dodi Al Fayed, still private citizen. You know what I mean? Like I think even if they got married, <laughs> yeah. but you know the the speculation that they were going to get married and stuff. It's like I think people forget too. Their relationship was not even that old. Yeah, they'd only been dating a couple of weeks. Yeah, it was like three weeks in when this happened. So it's like this is kind of a, I mean. That they were even getting married, that they would even get married is, is like speculation. It's like, it's sort of like the relationship they had gets crystallized in this ideal state just because we never got to see it play out. We never got to see, you know, a month later when they were broken up and stuff like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because, because they died together. Right. It's like seen, you know, they break up and Dodie's at home in his, uh, giant, penthouse mansion watching mansers by himself <laughs> you know we've all been there um you know actually uh, it sounds like Dodie had kind of a lonely life um 
you know, he grew as a, was like an only child and uh, he moved around a lot because of, you know, he was like alone a lot because his father was busy uh, traveling yeah. the world. Um, and he, you know, as an adult, uh, people felt like he was immature. Um, you know, he's not like the life of the party, but he's willing to like spend lots of money, even if he doesn't actually have that money um, to impress people and make them like him. Uh, and he, you know, went through a bunch of different relationships without, you know, ever like hitting a real emotional hmm. chord with anybody. Uh, in fact, allegedly uh, when he began seeing uh, Diana, uh, Diana and her sons were on uh, one of the Al Fayed's yachts uh, with Muhammad. They were being entertained by Muhammad and his wife. Um, and Dodi was on one of the other Al Fayed yachts nearby uh, with his uh, with his girlfriend at the time. And he left his girlfriend on the yacht and went over to his dad's yacht and uh, then romanced Diana while his uh, girlfriend was on the other yacht alone. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Which this sounds like some Aristotle Onassis stuff, frankly. Oh, baby, does it. Um, so, I mean, you know, it's like, what are the chances that this would have been a long-term thing? I don't think it's probably that that great anyway. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's this great, like, romance and you know i guess there's, i have no reason to well i mean i guess i do have a lot of reasons to question muhammad al-fayed saying that oh diana called him <laughs> the night the night of the crash to tell him that she was pregnant yeah i mean you know there's there's nothing to really back that up and uh we don't i mean you, you, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to sound crass when you say this, but it's like, is there a motive behind saying something like that? Obviously, yeah. you know, he probably, I mean, I can only imagine would feel angry and feel depressed and uh, vengeful that, you know, it, it's like, oh, if, you know, if uh, we had never been connected to this royal family, my son would still be alive or something. You know, you, you can allegedly see him saying something like that. So. Yeah, and and uh, and and Muhammad Al Fayed has had obviously a like very contentious relationship with uh, the British authorities and stuff throughout his 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 <laughs> career. Um, you know, it's not like I mean his his initial like citizen citizenship application was denied, <laughs> and that was a whole thing. Like he he's just had a lot of these run ins with. Uh, you know, British authorities. I mean, I think that there's, it's probably goes both ways. Like that. I think a lot of people in Britain don't like necessarily like him, uh, because he does right. things his own way. Uh, and I also think that it's like, he doesn't like Britain because, you know, he likes to do things his own way and they don't do everything his way. Hmm. So I, I think there's probably, I mean, if you're looking for motive, I mean, it could just be no nothing more than uh, Muhammad Al Fayed just wants a reason to rag on people people in charge in Britain. Yeah. Um, and 
obviously uh, one of Princess Diana's sons, uh, Harry, is dating, is married to an American. Yeah. So, you know, and obviously there's some issues with them, but I don't know. I think there are definitely some skeletons in the closet with the royal family. I think there are some secrets. I think there are some uh, fishy things. I mean, that's not unusual, right? That's the plot of literally every single show or movie about any kind of nobility or royalty from either fictional or... I mean, um, historical. I mean, hell, that's the whole plot of Game of Thrones, and that's why we used to watch it from seasons one to four. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, that's that's the thing. There's there's secrecy and lies, and there's weird stuff. You know, so right. who? I mean, you've got all this Epstein stuff floating around with Andrew. You've got Harry and Meghan Markle are like kind of saying they're going to step away from the royal duties and they're going to be spending time in North America. And and it's a good thing that they did the UK. Because, because doing that allowed Meghan Markle to take a job narrating a film about elephants for Disney that's going to stream on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know Meghan Markle was like an actress. She was in Suits. You didn't know that? I knew she was an actress, but I didn't know that like, I didn't know what she was in. Yeah, suits. Because I'd never, I'd never heard of her. Suits. Because I didn't, I never watched suits. Characters welcome. Suits, suits. It's all about suits. <laughs> There's so many There's suits. A, George, the show is called Suits, but I don't see one tailor in the show. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know what it's hard as an American to be there and sit like, what does the royal family do? Like <laughs> they're wealthy. They're very wealthy, but they're not not compared to Jeff Bezos. Yeah, that's the thing. Jeff is, Bezos can buy the royal family and still have thirty six billion dollars left over. <laughs> right. Is that fucking insane? You know, it's it's <laughs> like I, I read something while researching that the queen, her personal fortune has been the subject of a lot of speculation because nobody really knows at the end of the day uh, because, you know, a lot of the a lot of the properties where the royal family lives are held in trusts like the queen. Right. The queen only has two personal properties, uh, her estate at Sandringham and Balmoral Castle in Scotland. And everything else is uh, where she lives is held in a, a trust um you know, all the grounds, even at her private estates, are like open to the public. Um, it, it's it's a weird, I don't know, and I'm agree with you. I don't I don't like understand it, but her personal fortune has been estimated to be at the high end, like something like I saw three hundred million pounds, which is a lot of money. Diana? No, the queen. Oh, the queen. But to your point. Like the queen, you know, some of these places where they put her, it would still only make her like the, she's not even cracking the top hundred in wealthiest people in the UK. You know, like, like there are some really, really, really wealthy people in the UK, billionaires in the UK, right? Like the queen, the members of the royal family aren't even like in that level. Like you said, well, I did a, 
Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, like they're Warren Buffett could yeah. could buy all the holdings of the royal family and not even realize that he did it. Well, I looked up that their combined wealth is closer to like eighty eight billion, which I don't even know where that figure comes really? from. That's just what Google told me. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing is people don't people don't really know because the, But it's like it's the not, that's not a cash really asset. Secret. It's like it's like you said, it's like it's properties, it's real estate, it's fucking all the assets and wealth that they own. It's not like they just have like eighty eight million fucking gold right uh fucking coins sitting in a giant chest somewhere. Yeah, any measure of their it's wealth. Ancient is- ancient pieces of jewelry and fucking like I don't know, documents and shit. Yeah, any measure of their knows? wealth is gonna include all the the like real estate holdings. And stuff, which I mean, you can't just buy that shit up. Yeah, admittedly, they they probably have very like expensive real estate. You know, they've had these lands for a long time and stuff. But I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think it's one of those things where that the if the royal family lost their income from all the the duchies and whatever, however it's organized. I mean, I don't understand it to be honest. But uh, if they lost all this income, that they would just continue to be super wealthy because they're so, you know, well apportioned financially. Yeah. And, and Diana didn't have that crazy. I mean, it's, it's a lot of money to any normal person, but like when Harry and, uh, William, I think is the other one. Um, uh, when they turned 30, they got the, uh, they got their portion of her, like, her estate wealth her estate and it's it's like it was like nine million pounds or something yeah 10 million pounds which right is a lot of fucking money that you could like you or i could live the rest of our lives on that money easily right um but to them it's like you know all right, all right, what, what am i gonna do right what am i gonna do with that money like you know it's like nine million pounds whatever <laughs> Meghan Markle can go do the fucking Suits revival and probably make twice that. Yeah, yeah. One movie and she's made more than that. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, though, you, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I agree. It's like they're not, they're not super well. I mean, they're well taken care of, but I don't think. But here's the thing. Is Diana someone who would blow the lid off of some of the dirty laundry of the royal family? And maybe that's a motive. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of... She already kind of went rogue. She did her own thing. She fucking talked about her divorce. She talks about all this other shit, you know? Maybe maybe the queen allegedly sitting there like, I can't control her. So I will kill her. <laughs> um, I, you know, I kind of feel like... <sighs> Execute order 66... <laughs> Execute order 69, Prince Philip. Oh! <laughs> Next on Mansers, <laughs> how fast can Prince Philip lick the queen's puss? <laughs> Find out next. Uh, and how many beers can you drink through your butt? <laughs> 
dude there, you know that like there's some dude who like used to work at spike tv listening to the show right now and he's like oh man these are fucking great <laughs> you gotta get this shit on mansers either that or he's like jesus christ i wish these two would just fucking let it go the chapter in my life is over i can't go back we're sorry mansers guy spike tv doesn't exist anymore um yeah i i can see why people feel that way right but yeah, I kind of feel like it's not like it's not like Prince Charles was the only one with a ex spouse. Yeah, I mean, ex Charles went around. He fucked around too, and yeah, they all fuck around. I mean, isn't one of her? You know, yeah, they all have. They're rich people. I mean, that's what they do. They're super wealthy. I mean, I just I I don't know. It's like it's like why Diana specifically because. Yeah, she gave that interview and I think that I think that she's um she's uh what's the word I'm looking for? Like she seems different from the rest of the royal family, I guess. And I think that's yeah. what like people people enjoy, people like to see it about her. But I think at the end of the day, it's like is she really any different than any of the other ex spouses, you know, in her talking to the press and stuff is she giving away more than them uh i doesn't feel that way to me you know what i mean like i i don't know that that's a real strong strong motive and and the the idea that charles needed her dead so that he could remarry that's one i don't even understand right like why would that matter that why couldn't charles yeah. just marry the boy's nanny if he wanted to it's like instead he married camilla Want to shag the nanny? <laughs> he might have. Who knows? But now she's happily married, yeah. and she runs a bed and breakfast in uh, Wales. Um, but he, and he married Camilla, and they've been married ever since. Like they're still married. They fought COVID nineteen together, apart, together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he got it. Um. Huh. I just, I don't know. It's like, it doesn't make sense to me that Charles would want her dead just so he could remarry because he did that anyway. It's like, I mean, I guess, yeah, granted that it was after she was dead that they got married, but uh, yeah, I just don't, I don't know. To me, it's like, he didn't need her dead to remarry. It's not like that was some condition of the divorce settlement. Yeah. there's So there's nothing really super fishy about this case that's kind of sticking out to you. Oh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's fishy. But okay. I could go. I could well, go either way. What, what, what's fishy for you? You know what I mean. Like I just, I think I think there's a lot of this art. Just to say, not what's fishy, but I think that you you mentioned it already. Uh, I to me, Diana's a lot like Elvis, right? Where she was young, she was super popular. People don't want to believe that she died, right? Or people don't want to believe that she could have just died in some horrible accident. That's just a combination of shitty factors uh, that has nothing to do with some deeper plot to get rid of her. I think people, right? I think people just naturally want to believe that there's more to it than that. That it's not just oh, you know, the driver hit the hotel bar while he was taking antidepressants and got kind of fucked up when he shouldn't have. And then the paparazzi. We kind of talked about. in Flash our big bulbs in the episode. Eyes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. The in our big pharma episode, you know, antidepressants 
I guess they weren't new, but Prozac and some of these other ones, I think, had just kind of hit the market. And who knows what the kind of marketing around that shit could have been sure. at that time, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, take Prozac. It's totally fine. It'll fucking everything. It's, all you need is just this one pill and everything. <laughs> you'll be happy. Everything's okay. You know, and then it's like, oh, maybe Henri doesn't know he's not supposed to drink when he's on that shit. Yeah. You know? Who knows? Yeah, we have no idea. And and that's that's part of the... That's part of it for me that that leads me into doubt. But, you know, things that are fishy, uh, it's, there's just a lot of, it just seems, it just seems weird. You know, like it's a weird occurrence. Like, you know, it just, I don't know. That does she happen to be with Dodie Al-Fayed? That that's the night that they, that the car crashes. I mean, a lot of the stuff is, speculative but if we can believe like yeah. special forces that were maybe involved i don't know it, there's just a lot of there's a lot of smoke and again it might just be that elvis thing that there's a lot of smoke because it's such a huge flashpoint for so many people because it's a big cultural touchstone but maybe it's cuz there's something more there okay well I don't know, Andy, uh, unless there's any other points you kind of want to bring up, any other things you want to touch on. I mean, we kind of didn't talk about the blood samples being um, uh, swapped or, you know, other stuff. But uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to hit. Yeah, the blood samples. um, Yeah, I I don't I don't know what the, the basis for that is, frankly. Other than you know that oh actually Henri was was not drunk so that you know this crash wasn't just from his carelessness or something because he was impaired. Um, yeah, and I mean, who knows? Maybe some fucking white Fiat Uno clipped the side of the Mercedes. <laughs> yeah. They went veering off, and then that person either didn't realize what they did, or I don't know, just kept it under wraps because they don't want to go to jail forever. <laughs> Yeah, or you know, I mean, I believe, I believe totally that even if uh, somebody realized after the fact, like, oh shit, that was the car I hit, fuck, <laughs> that they would be like, yeah. I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna drive this car off a bridge for the insurance money. You know, push it into the yeah. ocean. Well, Andy, I don't know. I mean, maybe we should uh, wrap up court here and. Uh, <laughs> Take off our barrister wigs that we've been wearing the whole time, we, we, which we haven't mentioned. We're legally obligated to wear those anytime we do a uh, podcast related to something in the UK. That's right. Uh, and maybe we should render a verdict. Yeah. What do you say? I say we All right. I say we render a verdict. Um, the floor is yours. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, I guess you're from the House of Lords or the House of... What the fuck else do they have? Commons. Commons. What are the names of them, though? They're not senators. Who? The lords? Like what? Do they just call them lords? The House of Lords. They're they're lords and ladies. And then uh, in the House of Commons, it's MPs. All right. To the MP, uh, Mr. Andy, uh, you have the The right honorable Andrew Hart. (laughs) 
the Duchy of Worcestershire, Baron of A1 Steak Sauce, Lord Inquisitor of Mustard. I'm Lord Shrek! <laughs> Lord of the Swamp! Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, verdict on this. Jeez, this is a tough one to verticize, I think. Honestly. It is a tough one. I've actually changed my verdict three different Jeez. times. Um, it's like, do I... I think that I, I think I got to break it down into um, some of the different the different points. So I'm gonna start. Okay. I'm gonna start with the with the uh, with the biggest and best possibility, which is that the official investigations, uh, like the French investigation, Operation Paget, uh, that those were those were accurate, and that uh, Diana was killed in a car crash that was an accidental death, although unlawful possibly due to the gross negligence of a an impaired Henri Paul and uh, an aggressive paparazzi. That possibility, I'm going to give highly plausible. Okay. I'm not closing the book on this, but I'm giving it highly plausible. Now, flip side of the coin... Um, Let's talk about the conspiracies. Uh, let's start with the with the sort of progenitor of the conspiracies, uh, Mohammed Al Fayed's conspiracy that Diana was pregnant with Dodi's baby. They were planning to get married, and uh, there's a royal plot to assassinate her to avoid the humiliating shame of uh, Prince Charles's ex-wife uh, suddenly married to. Uh, a Muslim man with Egyptian heritage who, and also give birth to their child. Uh, I'm going to give that one, I'm going to give it um, plausible minus. Okay. Like I, I kind of, I don't know. There's just, okay. Like what do we have to go with, with it? Right. Like other than, yeah. other than, Muhammad Al Fayed's claims, which honestly are in question, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I think, I think it makes there's some sense to it, though. I mean, maybe the royal family did did want her dead. I think it's probably less because, oh, she's in some new relationship and gonna have a baby, and more like, oh, she's a problem for us. But this is a pretty public way to go about it. Uh, and I'm not sure that that would be the way that they would choose, honestly. Um, so I'll kind of go like special forces involvement next. Um, I'm okay. Uh, like did special forces pull it off? I got to give this one like plausible molecule. Um, I think, I think we're both in agreement here. Car crash is such a gamble, right? Like, if you're special forces, you probably gotta have a better plan than that. Uh <laughs> yeah, it just I think seems so. <laughs> uh it just seems like it's such a gamble. Like I I mean, good on them if they pulled it off, but it could have gone bad. You know, that could have really not worked out at all. Um so I'll give that one plausible molecule. Um let's talk about Henri Paul next. Uh specifically, was he involved in it? I think on this I think on this one I'm gonna say uh 
plausible quark. Ooh. Like just the tiniest shred of plausibility for this. I don't really believe it though. Like I'm not feeling it because he died. So it's like, I don't see what he got out of the deal. Um, and then uh, I think to wrap it up and you tell me if I forgot anything that they fake their own deaths. Jesus. Uh, case closed. That one did. That's not, that didn't happen. Like <laughs> if they were planning it and they died, like it went so poorly that I can't say that it's plausible because they fucked up so bad that they died. <laughs> I mean, that's a terrible way to fake your death by actually dying. That's the worst way you can fake your death. Uh, Mission failed <laughs> successfully. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, I just don't, I, you know, I don't think there's any, I think that's just romantic uh, like wondering, yeah. like, oh, they escaped to Saint Tropez, and uh, you know, now they've sixty nine every day, and she never contacts her fucking kids ever right. again, and like this this woman who was so motherly and like cared for kids so much, yeah. like, come on, yeah, yeah. So and those kids keep it a secret. Fucking Prince Harry, who, who who has you know gotten into a ton of trouble for all the stupid shit he said, or like you know. Like, yeah yeah like i mean i just i don't find i don't find it compelling at all not even a yeah. little bit i think that's everything right i think so that's a tough one yeah and i felt that you know bunk funkers if you call me out on these verdicts like i will probably change my verdicts based on anything that you say because <laughs> sometimes i come into these and i'm i'm hot and you know this art and i feel oh, yeah very strongly about my verdicts and I will fight anybody who disagrees with me this time I'm open to anything I mean bunk funkers just be careful because Andy does carry shurikens on him at all times uh, he will whip them out you don't know where he has them hidden he changes it every single day uh, and he'll I mean he'll they'll nick you I mean they will get you I also carry they'll, they'll make you bleed I also carry Ken's steakhouse uh, salad dressings on my person at all times <laughs> That's for a different purpose. Right. That's just in case I get thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> Got to stay hydrated. <laughs> nothing better than um, nothing, nothing better than chunky blue cheese to keep you hydrated. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's so nasty. Oh, God. Creamy Greek um, vinaigrette. <laughs> great, great, great for a post-workout. Oh, <laughs> The uh, the Andy um, the new Andy workout routine, the Andy diet. Eighty five percent of all your, your nutritional needs are just from salad from dressing. Salad dressing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it looks bad when you say the numbers, but it's like salad doesn't have that many calories. That's true. It's all in the marketing, right? I mean, they make it look bad, but it's not really that bad. It's like you have a book, and it's like the salad diet, and then like. In really small letters, it says dressing next to salad, and salad's really big. Every copy, it says the salad diet, but dressing is covered by a thick layer of dust, and you have to blow the <laughs> dust off uh, to reveal the word dressing. Um, That's a Simpsons Treehouse of Horror reference, by the way. Oh. Well, I'm sure somebody out there love that. You Perhaps got, our princess, Natalie. Natalie, if you if you got that one, let us know. Yeah, let us know. Um, 
you know, I don't know if I'm going to break it down. You going to go blanket I, here? I think I'm just going to go. Well, I don't even want to consider like you, you know, the <laughs> they ran away one. That's so stupid. <laughs> uh, what are you just going to go like conspiracy versus no conspiracy? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so. Um, it makes sense. I'm just going to kind of say, God, I don't know. I'm going to maybe make up a new one because I'm kind of in between. That's fine. Plausible minus and a half. Okay. Justin, make sure you put that in the Justin, scale. Justin, if you're listening. <laughs> so this is in between plausible minus minus and plausible minus. This is plausible minus and a half. Plausible minus and a half. Okay. <laughs> and it's spelled, it's plausible, the symbol for minus, which I guess is a hyphen. Yeah. And then and a half. Don't use one divided by two. Use and a half. Oh, the, the, the all the spell it out. Yeah. Okay. Plausible minus and a half. And a half. I'm kind of around there. Okay. You know, maybe that's a little too strong. I don't know. I could <sighs> catch me on a different day and I'm plausible minus minus. So you're really, you're really think that not that compelled by these conspiracies. I mean... I mean, I don't know. I feel like it's more of a, I have, I have some doubts, you know, I think that there are definitely some skeletons in the closet sure. with the family. I think that there are, you know, we didn't really mention it, but there are these, you know, oh, the queen said someone must have greased the brakes or, uh, you know, people, she, oh, she sent the butler a letter. I'm fear for my life. And it's like, is that shit true? Are they just trying to sell books? Like, who fucking knows? Yeah. I, I mean, I you think know, it's the so queen thing. It's like, that's hearsay, right? So I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, how'd they even find that? People grieve out? in different ways. People grieve in different ways. Who? I don't give a fuck if the queen is like stone cold. That's her fucking job. Her job is to be the fucking queen. Her job is not to be an emotional, blubbering mess. Hey, and if I, know? if I could jump in here, I don't want to defend the monarchy. Well, as an emotional blubbering mess, please do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as an emotional blubbery mess, uh, the queen, I don't want to defend the monarchy or aristocrats in general, um, but uh, the queen, the queen was already, like the, the royal family was already planning this, um, this annual stay at Balmoral. Like they didn't go there for any other purpose than it was already scheduled. And so they had no foreknowledge apparently, uh, allegedly of the crash in Paris. So they were just at the summer home in Balmoral, uh, enjoying their summer vacation when they get this news and it's shocking. And, uh, the princes, Harry and William were with their grandparents, uh, at Balmoral. And a lot of people said they took flack, uh, you know, the royal family took flack because the next day, the day after the crash, Harry and William went to church with their grandparents uh, at Balmoral, and people felt like that was insensitive. And then they stayed for like a week. What? Yeah, yeah. Even though that's like a totally normal thing to do. Yeah, it's like they felt like this would be for religious people, like try to do something normal uh, amidst all this chaos, chaos that's going on, and then. The queen, I mean, what defenders would say that the queen decided to keep the family at Balmoral for five days so that the princes could grieve in private without the intense scrutiny of the press, which, you know, like so many people, like London was swarmed with 
press and mourners at that time. And so, you know, the goal was give them time to grieve. But I mean, take that with then contrast that to her funeral, which was a big spectacle. And they made the princes walk behind the casket for a long way, uh, which I don't know how sensitive that is uh, to make somebody do that walk behind the casket of their parent for a long time when they're just yeah, a teenager. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I've, I was a part of, um, I've, I've held some caskets. Sure, I have too. I've put some fucking bodies in the ground. <laughs> no, I don't do some that. I let the professionals enemies. handle that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, I mean, I don't, I don't, all that shit is just people being like, that's like the people who go on Facebook and they go like, well, I would never do that. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like that, none of that seems out of the ordinary to me. Like, mm-hmm. and, and you got to think it's like, they're not just a family going on a little fucking summer vacation. There's like entire teams of people who probably had to come to the castle, uh, landscapers, butlers, fucking cooks, you know, assistants, cleaning people, who the fuck knows what else, who Mistresses. are all also probably there at the castle with them. And it's like, to just be like, well, we have to pack up and leave. It's like, no, like, you know, let them fucking chill. Let them grieve. Let it, you know, their mom just died. I mean, Jesus. Yeah. And, th- and that's, that's what the defenders of the, the queen would say is that rather than throw the, these young boys to the wolves, uh, so to speak, or to the Prince Andrew, as some might oh, say. Oh God, yeah. Uh, well, they were young boys, so Allegedly. they might have been okay. Um, rather than do that, she let them. She let them grieve privately, so that they could process it at least a little bit. People like the Queen. She's been pretty popular throughout her her reign. There's a lot of Queen memes going on right now with COVID nineteen because she She's did immortal. that dress and that green dress. <laughs> And I love it. I love the fucking image of her in the Iron Maiden shirt. That shit's hilarious. Yeah. She is uh I don't know. Nice queen. She's an interesting character. I mean, I think. She's been through a lot of like historical events. I mean, when yeah. you really think about it. I mean she it's crazy. I mean, she lived through World War II. Obviously, she's yeah. she's ninety three years old, so you know, she was born like she she was like coming into adulthood during world war two in London. That's crazy. Uh, what she drove like an ambulance, right? During the war, like helped out with the war effort something, and stuff. Something like that. Yeah. Like a lot of the Royal family have, they do quote unquote normal things like Harry and William both, I think served in the military. Yeah. Now how much they actually serve, you know, I don't know. I can't right. tell you. Um, you know, I think, I think Harry was in Afghanistan or doing something in Afghanistan. Yeah. I believe that's, I believe that's right. Art. So like a helicopter pilot or something flew helicopters. He flew helicopters, but it's like, are they really going to let him fly helicopters into the fucking, you know, landing fucking zone. If that helicopter goes down, the hot LZ, that helicopter goes down. Somebody is getting discharged immediately from, from yeah. the armed forces dishonorably. So, I mean, I don't know, but um, I definitely think there's some, you know, and we've never really covered any of the like uh, 
secret society or, you know, these like rich people societies or other theories or that they're like vampires and shit like that. Right. You know? Maybe we cover that and we come back. We'll change our verdicts. But, um, you know, for now, I think that's where I'm at and that's where you're at. And listeners, that's where we're at. And if you don't think that that's where we should be at, then get at us. Uh, hit us up on social media. Get at us at Mr. Bunker Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, MrBunkerPod at gmail.com. Hang out with us on Twitch when we do a stream every couple months <laughs> at Mr. Bunker Pod. And check us out on YouTube by YouTube searching Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. Wow. Um... Yeah, Andy, I mean that's it. That's our that was our little trip to uh Birmingham Palace. <laughs> Birmingham Palace down there in Alabama. Um Art, we uh we didn't give uh the listeners a hashtag to interact with us about this. Episode. Oh my god, we didn't give them a fucking hashtag, Andy. You're right. What's the hashtag for this uh topic here? Um I this probably is insensitive. I feel like you got one in the back pocket. This maybe is insensitive, but I'm gonna do a James Bond reference here and say, "Princess, die another day." Princess, die another day. I like it. It's okay. funny. There you go. And uh, we'll see. See how that, see see that trends. <laughs> see how that trends. Um. Yeah. I mean, uh, Andy, you got any last words here before we are sent to the uh, Tower of London as the uh, as they they actually have just announced they're reopening it just to put us in there. So we'll stop podcasting (laughs) off with the heads. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, I'm good. I can't wait to get there. Can't wait to go there. Never been allowed in the UK before. That's true. You were banned from Europe. Famously banned from Europe. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully... I mean, you're 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 hoping that maybe Brexit passes so that you can uh, right, uh, you can actually be allowed to travel to London. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point it's established that I'm an embarrassment to the United States, so <laughs> I don't think there's any risk of me accidentally embarrassing uh, our. And country. in some ways, you know, the U.S. has been embarrassing to you. Um, so I think it's I think it's time that we lifted that ban. Lift the ban. Lift the band. Let me go to Europe. Uh, <laughs> Andy, go to Europe. Um, well, I need to go to Italy not, ASAP. To... <laughs> yeah, now's the best time. The best time. Airfare is so yeah, cheap. So cheap. And, you know, no traffic. It's so easy to get around Rome right now. Oh, man. You're going to have the time of your life. Oh, boy. Got you, Opepi. Um, <laughs> all the famous Roman pasta dishes all cacio e pepe the famous allegrica carbonara uh there's a fourth one i'm forgetting alio e olio and cacio e pepe wow no alio e olio is not a famous roman pasta dish alio e olio is, is a al- fam- hip-hop artist right <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was uh the follow-up to millie vanilla right, yeah <laughs> hang on i gotta look this up before we leave okay. roman pasta Dishes. What are the famous? Ala matric- Allegrica. Amatriciana. Cacio. What was the last one I forgot? What? You said Cacio Pepe. Allegrica. Allegricia. Cacio e Pepe. Carbonara. And there's a fourth one I'm forgetting. 
Is it a Matriciana? Pomodoro. Yeah, no, no, you were you were right the first time. Al Amatriciana. Uh, Amatriciana. Bucatini. Bucatini alla Matriciana. You like Bucatini? I'm a big Bucatini fan. I like Bucatini. It's like spaghetti with an extra twist. It's with more fun. It's spaghetti. It's more fun spaghetti. It's nice. Uh, I think I think nice to cook too. It uh, it gets that good like chew to it. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of uh, J. Kenji Lopez alt videos, which I think I told uh, you about. Eats, We're huh? big fans of him. He's been uploading YouTube videos every day, sometimes twice a day. And he did all four of the of the classic Roman pasta dishes. Yeah. And um, he used this really nice bucatini in one of them that he was talking about. It was like extruded from a brass dye and it had like tons of starch on the outside and it was really textured. So that's how you know it's fucking good. Yeah. Kenji's great. Wow. This is gone. I'm sorry. You're we're bleeding into our next show that we're releasing soon. That's uh, Mr. Bunker's Pasta Time podcast. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna break down the whole Bon Appetit uh, cinematic universe. <laughs> is that what is that what you watch right. the Bon Appetit cinematic universe? Oh yeah, yeah, I love the Bon Appetit cinematic universe. Um, they did a video on pasta just recently. Anyway, anyway, Andy, we are, we we are getting off track on pasta. <laughs> it's easy to God, do. We go nuts for pasta. We're carbon up, carbonara. Anyway, we uh. We got to wrap this up here. So for not the titular Mr. Bunker, because he's off traveling he's, and this is us doing it. Where in the world is Mr. Bunker? <laughs> for my... Go get him, gumshoes. <laughs> <laughs> you gumshoes out there. Yeah. Get him, gumshoes. For my... Uh, Daffodil... Mm, fuck. Daffodilic? Daffodoundily. Wow. Daffodoundly co-host. Oh, okay. Andy Hart. I'm Art Stone saying that was the whole enchilada. Toodles. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.